Do not confuse this with treatment or mental health advice or direction. Nothing on this podcast is made to supplement or supersede the relationship and direction of your mental health caretakers. Although David Kozlowski is a licensed marriage and family therapist, he is not functioning as a certified mental health professional in this environment. But same applies to any professionals who may appear on the Light the Fight podcast. What's up, all you Light the Fight listeners? I is David. I is Heidi. There you go. So you got it right. See, now Heidi's finally, after two years, she's finally able to jump in on my poor jokes. (laughs) She's a lot funnier in real life. I'm not funny on digital life, real life, any of your lives. So, but thanks for listening to us anyways. And you don't listen to me for my sense of humor. You're hoping to get some parent hacks, some parenting advice. And I don't blame you because we know it's hard out in those parenting streets right now. It really is. And it it feels like once you get something down and you're like, cool, then like, boom, the next thing. Boom. Then you got to update the app. Yeah. It's- There's something else. Well, we've done today. We hand selected. Um, we've been getting a lot of great questions in from you guys. So thank you so much for sending your questions. Um, as promised, we will be dedicating a couple episodes to having more questions at the end of the episode. Um, some episodes may just be answering some questions. For today, we decided to pick one particular question, elaborate on a little bit. Um, Heidi and I, we are going to be trying to split duty. And so we're trying to do some extra podcasts in the middle because we're going to be traveling and doing some speaking engagements. So we want to get a couple questions, but today we're just going to focus on this one. Heidi's going to read it to you, but we're going to elaborate on a little bit because um, we've had a lot of questions in this arena, this realm throughout the past couple of years. And so I thought it'd be good to weigh in on it again, since we haven't talked about this in quite some time. Well, and this, this particular um, question, I'm going to, I'm actually going to read it. Um, I think that friendships is this essential piece to the happiness of our kids. And when like, we can be doing a great job as parents, And if there's like serious struggles in the friend department and especially like in a boyfriend, girlfriend department, there's not a lot, like we can't really control that. Right. And so, um, if you're like me, I think that being concerned about the kid's friendship situation, that's a, that's a real, that's a real deal. So I'm just going to go ahead and read this. It's something that I could certainly relate with, um, as mom. So I'm just going to say this. How do I handle if my child is always the forgotten friend? Um, this child is friends with everybody, but doesn't have a best friends like some of the others have. They, they always get invited together. She doesn't get invited. However, she's always inclusive despite being constantly left out. Um, she sees them on Instagram after she asks to see if they want to do something or, go, you know, or hang out, then she sees the other kids together on Instagram or social media, whatever. Um, the question is, I'm at a loss. Oh, sorry. I'm at a loss as to how, how to handle this. And then she says, I don't know if you've already done an episode. And we haven't really done an episode about this. Like, So I think that the question is, how do I really support my child? You, and you know me, my my obvious advice 
kill them with kindness. That's, you know, that's my package go-to <laughs> advice that doesn't help at all. And you wonder why your kids never came to her in the, <laughs> for this particular type of problem, I mean, right? I wonder how many times my mom said that to me. She's going to kill them with kindness. Because I also was one growing up that didn't have like. That sounds like being fake to their face. One. Kill them with kindness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know. It's just, you know, my personal advice. Yeah. So, so my mom's advice was to kill them with kindness. My advice is being fabulous is the best revenge. Sucker. That's right. You know, so also not great advice. Get so. the guy that they like to ask you to dance. What? So anyway, um, I um, I think we better hear what you have to say. Well, I'm going to talk about this. I, I'm glad this question came in. So thank you for to whoever sent it in. This is actually something really, really. I mean, I, I'm. Let me guess real quick. The majority of teenagers I talk to fall into this category. Oh yeah. And, um, and oddly enough, some of them may be even pretty high up in their social groups and trying to keep that status is, is very painstaking. It's very fearful of like constantly wondering if, if they're going to be pushed to a lower status of their social group. They're always trying to keep that status of being a, a high ranking member of their social group. So let me ask you that. Do you think that that's because everybody deals with this or because the kids who have best friend aren't coming to see you? Um, I, I think probably the I, I think probably the latter. Um, I yeah, I, I think a lot of the kids who are coming to me, it goes back to what I'm always talking about, which is social health. If you have better friendships and better relationships, specifically in teenage years, because the social the social the real economy when you, when a lot of people don't have money. So when you're in um, that 13 to 18 year old realm. Even if you have a friend that their parents are really rich, there's not too many kids, 13, 18 year old, they're walking around with lots of money, right? So what's the currency to a teenager who they know? Meet some teenagers and meet each other for the very first time from different high schools. Hey, what high school do you go to? Oh, so-and-so. First thing they think of who they know yeah. that goes you to that so-and-so. sky school. Do you know so-and-so? Do you know so-and-so? And they quickly try to you know close the gap and... Social is the real currency. That's where they're able to offer, oh, I have a friend group. You're my new neighbor. Would you like to join my friend group? To the kid who's the new neighbor, it's it's like you just gave that kid a thousand dollars. It's like, here you go. It's like, but then other kids can move into a neighborhood. The girl next door is like, Yeah, we're not accepting new applicants to our friend group. So I'll only talk to you at home when I'm not doing anything else. I'm which bored. Is, which is pretty much like most friend groups are not taking new applicants, right? That, that's why I'm, we're segueing that part of the conversation, <laughs> right? Okay. So can you tell that I need this information? More and more kids are falling into the social moats. So remember Castle, like from the from the the old days where you, you know you hear about Rapunzel, you hear about all the different Disneyland, yeah, you know, Disneyland, right? The castle and there's the moats. Well, the moats are are you know they're that protection device, that that protection between you know there's crocodiles in there and stuff. There's the land, there's the moat that goes around, and then there's the wall. It's a deterrent to to stop people from from getting in. And a lot of kids will fall into the social, what I call the social moats of the social groups. So they'll get really close. They'll be friends with the person in the social group. And that friend in class will be their friend. 
that friend, maybe if they're a neighbor, go to the same church or something that they have in common, they'll associate, they'll be friends with that person. But as soon as it goes back to school, as soon as it goes to hanging out on the weekends, Friday, night. Friday nights, they're not that kind of friend. Right. Now, because a lot of kids nowadays are falling in, uh, there's always been kids that fall into those social moats where they get close and they have friends to talk to. They just don't have anyone to hang out with and people that go out of their way to hang out with them. I believe that's drastically increasing how many kids are falling in that category because there's more kids that know of each other because of social media. There's more kids that know about people that can stalk other people, meaning can learn all about them without actually having to take the risk to say hi to them or to hang out with them. So, so you know what they're doing on Friday night. Exactly. You know what they're doing. You know what they're interested in. You know that in fourth period at math, they said they were busy this weekend to hang out their their parents. And now they're, they're posting that they're at some party. So there's so many things that we're informed about that can hurt our feelings that we didn't know were hurting our feelings. There's a lot of us that got ghosted growing up. You just didn't know if you got ghosted because there wasn't even call waiting. <laughs> <laughs> You know, like, uh, like the remember the busy signal over and over again. So you didn't know if that girl you liked was talking to another guy. Hence my experience. Right? You couldn't tell. Say, oh, I was just talking to my friend. Or if you know, they yeah. just took the phone off the hook. Or they just took the phone. Exactly. You didn't know what was going on. So I'm just building the case here. So one part of it is a lot of kids are falling to the social modes because there's more ways to get close to people but not be a part of the group. So you feel a different type of rejection. It's like, man, if we just knew each other, we'd be great friends. If they would just give me a chance, if they'd let me hang out with them, they invite me to the cool party that they're posting about, then we would be great friends. We'd be getting along. So there's more knowledge, there's more exposure to make you feel less than. Mm -hmm. Then on top of it, there's more things for kids to do. There's True. back in the day, it was like you go bowling, go to miniature golfing, you know, a couple, you know, maybe, you know, capture the flag at night, depending on how old you are. You know, there's there's these different types of get together games. And that was the really only option. Now kids can sit at home and they can do all their stuff through their phones with each other. They can play video games with each other. They can do a lot of things that don't that don't cause them to face their social anxieties and their social fears. So this is a long roundabout way to get to this question. The kids that come to me, the, the kids that I just hear in, in passing that have this, they're close to the social group, but they're not like in the social group. They're battling with something I call, they're, they're trying really hard to be a starter, but they don't understand how much value there is in being a really good backup. So this is what I mean by this. Hmm. When you're this young, 14 to 17 years old, 13 to 17 years old. The easiest thing for a 13 year old to want is to be popular and to be known. It's the fastest track to success in school. At least that's what it looks like. The girl who has all the guys liking her or the girl who has all, everybody want to be her friend. Um, maybe she has some talent or something like that. That girl, according to other girls, looks like her life is paved with gold. Looks like it's easy. So why wouldn't another 13, 14 year old say, I want to be like her? Or they're even looking up to a musician who's 13, 14 years old. I want to be like her, right? Or like someone on TikTok that has- Exactly. So all too often, and I realize this has been like my favorite saying now, all too often. So I got to come up with something different. You guys, you guys have any suggestions? Give me some suggestions. <laughs> 
Um, what happens? See, not all too That's often. Good. <laughs> what can happen all too often? What happens um, is our kids will get so focused on becoming a starter in their social group that they don't learn how to be a really good backup. So in sports, it's not a common thing how some that someone would come in and start be a starting player on a sports team that they've never been involved in before. They're brand new to the sport. Usually they're going to have to sit on the bench. They're going to have to be a backup for a while. They have to pay attention and kind of watch what's happening. And then over time, they slowly start to insert themselves. And if they stick at it, work harder, they might be able to be a starter or one of the most really important substitutes and bench players. It's hard for young kids to want to play a role as a backup when they think that the starters have all the glory and all the success. So a lot of times teenagers will judge how well they're doing based upon if the starters of the social group are giving them attention or not, mm -hmm. like the top dogs in the social group. But a backup has so much to offer so many other different social groups. So when I'm talking to a kid that is feeling left out, is having proof that, you know, they're the last one to be texted about a get together. If there's two or three kids that can go and there's a six kid friend group, the kids I'm talking to are saying, yeah, I'm never one of those two or three kids that go to the movies. I'm only if there's enough room for everybody, right? Mm -hmm. So I say, okay, okay. And I listen to them. What they're not realizing is that there are so many more people who are in the backup category than are in the starting category. So I don't tell kids to give up on their dreams of being the best friend with the popular kids. Or some kids tell me, me and my best friend used to be really close. Now my best friend is hanging out with all these kids and I'm kind of left behind and I'm not being asked to hang out. They'll hang out with me one-on-one, -on -one, but again, in a larger group, I'm being left out. So I told this to your daughter. I've told this to many teenagers that the best way to feel significant that you matter inside of a social group and a tribe is to actually be the creator of that social group and that tribe. Mm. It is actually easier to create a new social group than it is to infiltrate social groups who are not taking new applicants. Hmm. Those social groups, because kids are extraordinarily protective of their social groups. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They do not want competition. And to get in with them, half the time it's just luck. <laughs> I mean, it really it, it can be stupid stuff. It sure. can be stupid stuff. It could be luck. So what I told your daughter, Quincy, because she was going through some, you know, some changing of the guard with friends. I told her that the tribe that you belong in right now in this part of your life is the tribe that you have to create. Meaning there's a lot of kids who are in the backup categories. They feel just like you do. Nothing is better than a group of friends that all have a common struggle or all have a common enemy, right? But the challenge with this is I'll get Quincy with some of her friends or other kids with some of their friends to create their own little social group. So it's their social group of other kids who are like, man, I'm tired of just like having nothing to do. Well, when you go to create these social groups with these friends, a couple of very important things have to be stated up front. One, that you guys can all commiserate, right? You can all say, hey, like we know what it's like to be left out. So let's do our best not to do that to each other. 
every time a kid has done this, this increases the probability of this social group becoming a strong social group. The person who's creating this has to state out loud, say, listen, I know that every single one of us would jump at the opportunity if Kelsey, Brooklyn, or whoever the, the real popular <laughs> girl is. Like, I'm sorry if that's your name, but no. <laughs> Those are the yeah. popular names. Okay. <laughs> you know, I just just think of any normal name and just add a little extra to it. And those that's a popular girl's name. Janie. You know? Yeah, Janie, whatever. Yeah. Um, so when those kids, when those kids start this group, I had this one girl do it. She got three girls together. They had all been friends throughout school, but they finally were just tired of it. She just started going looking for girls that she could be friends with that she thought may also been having the same thing. Quickly, they all realized, yeah, I know. Don't you hate when they do this? At first, it became like a hate on the uber popular girls type of a group. And then she's like, hey, let's do this. Let's make a pact between us. We will all give ourselves a three strikes warning. And she goes, what do you mean three strikes warning? I set up for this one. She told her friend, she goes, you are all allowed three opportunities where you can bail on our social group to have a chance to go hang out with the starters, okay? First time we go, we give you a dirty look. Second time we, we go, hey, listen, that was messed up. The third time, okay, you, you come on, you may get kicked out of the group now. When she said this, all the girls are like, what are you talking about? She explained it to him, said, I'll just be honest with you right now. As much as we've been having fun hanging out to each other, if this one girl called me who I used to be best friends in eighth grade and I still want to like know what she's doing and hang out with her, she called me right now and she said, okay, come hang out with us. And I had plans with you guys. I'd be really tempted to bail on you guys just to go hang out with her. And they're like, what? You would? She's like, I'm just being honest with you guys. Like, And they all were like, dang it, don't you hate it that they have that power over us? <laughs> and so they just made it clear to one another any good friend group is just like any good friend. You want your friend to have your back to be there, but you allow them a little bit of, okay, you were just trying to hang out with the cool kids again. I get it. <laughs> For some reason, when this girl did this, they all had a good laugh. A couple girls had to go, uh, would you guys mind if I went and hung out with them? I knew I had plans. Please don't kick me out of the group. All right, just don't let it happen too often. But because they agreed upon it up front, so now the moral of the story, this is a long roundabout way is our expectations with our friends can sometimes be totally unrealistic. Our expectations is that we would prefer them to make us feel comfortable. We'd prefer to them to always honor the code and never choose us over a guy or a girl or over a different friend group who really doesn't even like us or pay that much attention to us. But the reality of it is, is we're all addicted to the same thing. Attention. And we want attention Belong, from the belonging. Yeah, right. belonging, attention. We especially want attention from the people who've been trying to get it from for a really long time and still haven't given it to us. So my advice to this mother and to all the other mothers out there, have your kids listen. What, did we do this on this podcast or was it still tripping the smile experiment? Did we ever do the smile experiment on this? Are you one hundred percent sure? And before I finish this up, will you just look through it real quick? Well, I, I know that we've talked about it on. Well, I did it on fight. still tripping. So parents out there listening, this is my favorite. This is, this is my favorite. This is gold. This like this the smile experiment is yeah. everything. I'm gonna have to do an e course on this. I know this is our next e course it's that we're gonna be doing. So good. Um, so basically, what it is is um, we'll we'll post it with this episode. Can we do that? 
we'll add it on episode link to for your kid. If your kid can learn what I call the smile experiment, it's going to give them a huge advantage socially because it's going to be easier for them to find new friends of a potential new friend group. Okay, it's number twenty one of our still tripping podcast. Twenty nine of our still tri- of my still tripping podcast, and it may be in one light the fight podcast as well. But if your kids have a good tool to greet and meet people. They're going to make more friends in two weeks of doing the smile experiment than they would have made in the whole entire year prior. So that's one thing that can really help them. Second of all. Because the key there is to be able to make people feel comfortable. Exactly. So most teenagers, most adults as well, we feel that the law of attraction, what can get someone to like us is uh, by us doing something or having something about us that's going to grab their attention. Turns out that as actually the law of attention. The law of attraction really is about what can I do to make other human beings feel safe, secure, and comfortable when they're in my presence. If you can put off that vibe or that first impression to make people feel comfortable when they're around you, instantly it sparks their curiosity and they want to learn more about you or at least they're at worst, they're at least open over time to get to know you better. They're not going to shut you down and dismiss you. By having this skill set, when you when your kids go out and talk to other kids, it gives them one realistic expectations of what to expect when kids are talking to you in public situations, like just saying hi to someone. But what it also gives them, it gives them the tools how to create their own social tribe, their own group. Mm-hmm. Every social group, just like every relationship, has an expiration date. Your friends you hung out with your freshman year, you just you may not have that much in common with them in your junior year anymore. So our friend group should always be adding new people or creating side friend groups. Most kids, I tell them, if you only have one friend group, you're in a lot of pressure situations. Yeah. Because what if one of those kids go off the rails and there's like, let's do something over here. And they're like, I have so much loyalty to this kid. I've known them for so long, but they're a little crazy now. I don't know what's going on. Like they're saying some wild stuff. They're getting me in trouble with my parents. This happens all the time where kids are so fearful of not being loyal to a certain friend or friend group that they'll do things that they wouldn't normally do themselves. So your kids can find themselves an opportunity of using the smile experiment and you can tell them a little bit of just what we talked about today. Because parents... This it, it's not just for teenagers. I no, mean, the no. smile experiment is powerful. But no matter what. We're, since we're not talking so much about the smile experiment, the one thing I want to leave them with what we did talk about today was when your kid is feeling this way and they're telling you that you feel this way, how you could respond. Okay. Yeah. Before you just give them the still tripping podcast, before you tell them a little bit about what we talked about today, the first and foremost thing is you know, just validate what they're saying. Like, man, that sucks. Like, geez, like, man, like it's hard. You know, I'm just, man, I, oh man. Like just, you don't even have to say a lot. You just have to be there and go, oh God. Yeah. And let them just talk it out. Let them talk it out. Don't try to fix it. Don't try to cure it. At least not that moment. Don't try to tell them what they need to do. But when it's said and done, you know, just kind of hear them out and then tell them, tell you what, I don't know if this will help at all, but I was listening to this podcast recently specifically about this subject and you might want to listen to something that he's been giving teenagers to do to kind of start your own friend group, to kind of get some people that feel the same way you do. You can still have that friend group. You don't have to abandon a friend group. That's unrealistic expectations. Teenagers will often get hurt by, and adults do this too, they'll get hurt by a couple people in the friend group, feel left out of the friend group, see people posting about things that you thought they weren't going to do because they said they're you know at home with their family. It turns out that they're having fun. When your kid has those experiences, 
a lot of times kids will go, fine, I don't want to be friends with them and they'll shut down. And then those kids will be like, oh, what's up? What's up? What's wrong? No, no, it's fine. It's fine. Then you feel like it's okay. You start to trust them again. Then they do it again. You're not really, your teenager is not really getting the writing on the wall. The writing on the wall is you are not a priority to this friend group or at least to a couple people in the friend group. The longer you just stay there and you get tormented with knowing that you're missing out on things, it can crush your self-confidence. But to say, I'm not going to hang out with them and go totally rogue and leave them, that means you're all on your own and you don't have anyone to hang out with. That's why practicing the smile experiment, having an understanding that I may not be a starter in my friend group, but I'm a really good backup. So the people that I have the closest relationship with, let me try to reach out to them and connect with them one-on-one. The fact of the matter is, is if there's 10, eight, seven people in a friend group, you may have a hard time cracking the top three. For whatever reason, I, there could be lots of things, your, your looks, your height. I don't know. There could be a bunch of stuff that you can't even control, right? But if you can connect with at least one or two people in the friend group, while at the same time you're building new friends to start your own friend group, that's the best place to play. Not trying to be a starter, realizing you could be a really good backup, meaning a friend that can be there for someone else that also needs a good friend. Yeah. I love that. I think I think that that's awesome. And I, and I think... There's starters in every one of those backups. You you know, you're you exactly got, right. You guys, that was me. Socially, like athletically and stuff like that, I would I would have been considered like, oh, the leader of the group, right? Because you know, if you're good in sports, it, oh also a bunch of guys, oh yeah, yeah you know, yeah, he's yeah. good in sports, right? Plus my brothers played pro football, so they're like, I give you lots of attention. But socially, my my family wasn't rich, you know, we were poor. I had friends that, you know, they're blonde haired, blue eyed, surfer looking guys. Their parents had nice cars, lots of money. And I, I, I didn't really feel comfortable around them. And so I can relate to what a lot of teenagers say, like they'd go off and do things and pair up with each other as their best friends. I was like, how come I didn't have a best friend in my social group? How come I was always being, if there was a big group, I was in the middle of it. But if, if everyone broke off in twos, I didn't have a two. It was just like I was looking around, no one else. So what I did was unknowingly, I did what I'm telling you guys to do. Tommy, Warren, Toasty, Joe, I'll I'll list those guys. Those are the four guys that weren't a starter in any social category, but they were my backups. Like they were like, I was the leader of that friend group and we became closer the older we got. Two of those people I mentioned, I was the best man in uh, in both their weddings. They both got divorced. I don't know if that's a, if I'm a, if a good <laughs> luck charm or not. I still mess with them about that one today. But think about it. I'm sitting here telling you guys exactly what I did. I realized that the really, really popular Uber kids that I thought I was in their group, but I wasn't because their families had to have looked down at my family. There's no way that they can look at their net worth and our net worth and be like, yeah, he could come spend the night at our house. Like they never wanted, no one ever spent the night at my house. It'd be crazy to get hit by my mom, first of all. That could happen on any given night and everybody's scared of my mom, right? The point is- That's why I don't let the kids over to it, my house. The, the last thing I'll, exactly. The last <laughs> thing I'll say to this is that I had to step out of it and realize Tommy, Warren, these guys, they looked at me and they just wanted to be my friend. They would have done anything to hang out with me. And I was always trying to hang out with these other guys, come to find out, when those other guys would tell me, hey, let's hang out. I go, no, I'm going to go hang out with uh, someone else. They go, who? And I tell them who they go, you're going to hang out with them? It was so crazy. I go, yeah, I'm going to go hang out with them. Like, well, come on. They keep on I'm like, no, no, no. I go, they, I go I'll go, i come hang out with you, but they got to come too. 
I made it a point where I was saying, if you can't have my friends, these other guys that we all grew up together, come hang out with us, then I'm not interested. And man, my friends were blown away. They're like, wow, like you turned down hanging out at that big party, that big thing, just to kind of drive around town, throw water balloons with us. I'm like, yep. Because you guys would do the same thing for me. That was the loyalty that all of our kids, they need in a friend's in their friend group, but so many of them are scared to not be a part of the most popular group. Your security socially is not based upon if you're connected to the most popular kids. Your security is based upon, are you connected to the kids who want to be connected back to you? Yeah, It's got to be mutual. If it's solely just for popularity, they will abandon you. You will get an argument or fight and you'll turn around. There'll be no one there to help you out. (laughs) They'll leave you on your own. This is such hard stuff. This is making it's sense, hard. though. Yeah, it make, it makes perfect sense. And I just think these are the reasons why so many adults are like, oh, I would hate to do middle school again. Or, you know, I'd, middle school is oh, the I'd toughest one, back. man. Middle school is the toughest one. So these this it's a great conversation. Let your kid listen to David talk about it and um, and then have a conversation. Yeah, the Still Driven podcast one, that's like they did like 15, 20 minute episode just for teens to break down how to do the smile experiment. I'm gonna so. go. I'm gonna go listen to it. I don't think I listened to it. <laughs> All right, you guys. There you have it. Um, you you only listened to the talks. frown experiment. What was up with that? I know. I, love the frown <laughs> I, I wrote the frown experiment. That's true. That's true. Yeah. I I love that. And and David is speaking truth. Still tripping is a podcast. In case you don't already know, a podcast that David does that kind of speaks to teenagers. So if you have any teenagers in your house, teenagers, young adults. I think it's yeah definitely like a fifteen to. 23-ish kind of a podcast. Some life hacks yeah. that, that are happening. Um, good information. So if you want to check that out as well. Um, if you listen to it, don't tell your teenagers because, you know. Yeah, it really is for them. Know. So <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, you guys, as always, we want to thank you for listening. Thank you for showing up. Um, go ahead and send in any questions that you may have. We're kind of adding them to our list. All and the complaints go to at Heidi Swap. That's right. I love them. I love to hear all the things I do wrong. I thrive on that. Um, Anyway, thank you, um, as always, for helping us to light the fight.